What do you want for Christmas? I don't mean socks or a new umbrella or another figurine in that set that you like pretty well. If you thought about yourself as a little kid who got up, got to truly ask for what you want, what would you ask for? Hi pals, this is Blaine Hill with the Simply Stated Podcast for the Journey Sunday School class at Lake Murray Presbyterian Church in South Carolina. This is a bit of a makeup podcast. I didn't get this out before we had our Sunday school class, so I'm just going to take a few of the ideas we talked about uh, yesterday, January 1st in class, and try to share them back with us, maybe to refresh your memory or help you catch up if you missed. Today we are reading in the Gospel of Matthew. We're continuing in the Sermon on the Mount, Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6. We'll read the, I'll read you the first verse, and then we'll look at verses 5 through 8. I'll get the basic ideas of the passage simply stated. Then we'll try to draw some wisdom out of the passage too. Here's the gospel according to Matthew chapter 6. Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. For then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so that they may be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So getting things simply stated, um, interesting to note that Jesus talks openly about the rewards of prayer, the rewards of piety. Piety here means doing righteousness, and, and here really means religious practice, the stuff we do as religious people. And uh, how often do we think or teach about the rewards of giving, the rewards of prayer, the rewards of fasting? Well, Jesus isn't shy at all about it, about the idea of rewards. Modern economics, one of its founding principles is that people always respond to incentives. Jesus wouldn't be shy, at least about uh, seeing what that is. We could talk about what are those incentives and what are the rewards that God gives. Uh, keeping things in, in focus, a hypocrite, that's a dramatic term, really for an actor. And Jesus is the person that draws this image of a two-faced, a pretending actor into moral and religious conversation. As I think about this passage and Jesus says, go into your room, it makes me ask, how much privacy did people of the first century in uh, Galilee have? It's really hard to know. They lived in very small houses. It's not like people had a room of their own. People lived together, very much together. So what does that mean? It's, it's quite hard to know, to tell you the truth. Maybe get off by yourself is what Jesus means. And uh, how about the hypocrites who are showing off by, by praying? Is that truly a thing? I, I kind of think it is and was then. The idea that people would use religious language to show off, to signal, to tell others who they are so that others would acknowledge them. Um, empty phrases is a, is a phrase Jesus uses talking about the Gentiles. And we might think about that as the practice of magic, being able to uh, say the right words and and manipulate God as a natural force. Um, 
or simply just talking until God finally gives us what God, what we want from God. So there's a few of the ideas of the passage, pretty straightforward in, in many ways, at least on the surface, but it gets pretty profound quickly. And we can ask, what is the purpose of prayer? Getting what we desire? That seems to be part of it, frankly, and we shouldn't ignore that, that we as children come to our Heavenly Father and we ask for what I, we want. But we're also seeking communion with God. And we're also seeking the strength and power to live in the world. So what is the purpose of our prayer? I don't know that we can change the desires of our heart, but we can lay them before God, like a child coming to their parents and putting things in front of them. We can also ask, I want to circle back to the question, what is the reward of prayer? In some sense, Is it getting the things we ask of our Father, our daily bread, the healing of others? We know that some things we might ask of God, we would get an answer, no. But even asking for things we know probably God doesn't want for us, can that be an act of faith? To say, God, this is my desire, and I put my desire in front of you so that God might change us in some way. We should, as we think about prayer, keep in mind that the family nature of prayer, we're not speaking to a God who has to be uh, manipulated with piles of words. And our family relationship with God is not something that we're supposed to use as a leverage over other. Remember when we were kids, uh, sometimes there'd be that kid who would talk about their, their dad as having some role and somehow that was supposed to make them special too. I remember there was a kid who's uh, dad was a a principal, and he tried to say somehow that that gave his dad authority to come and whack us with a paddle, which of course is, shows you how old I am. But also that he was trying to glom onto his father's power because he was a snot-nosed little prat. That's not what family relationships are for, and we're not supposed to use our relationship with God uh, just to get what we want in the world. It's a relationship. Maybe we can see that more clearly when we think about what we want our kids to ask of us. We want them to come to to us for those things that are appropriate. If they're frightened or having trouble, struggling with something, have a great success, we want our kids to bring us, in our better moments anyway, we want our kids to bring those things to us and to congratulate them, to help them and encourage them. The last point, this is going to be a short podcast, is it is really useful to consider Christmas, the incarnation of Jesus, as we think about these prayers. The first thing I'd say is Jesus allows us to relate to God as our loving Father, not an impersonal force that we have to manipulate. That Jesus is teaching us how not only how to think about God, but how we can relate to God with our heart. And then the second part that the Christmas season coming up brings is to be aware that in Jesus Christ, God has taken on something new for himself. That's amazing to think about. That in a new way, God experiences our struggle personally because Jesus is someone who prays. Jesus in his life spent considerable time in prayer. Jesus taught his disciples how to pray and prayed with them. And one of the great hopes is that uh, of Christianity is that Jesus continues to speak with our Father on our behalf, that Christ prays for us. 
Well, in closing, let me ask it again. What do you want for Christmas? Have you laid the desires of your heart before God, your Father? I hope you do and hope you will. God bless you all. And I look forward to speaking with you sometime soon. If you have any suggestions on recommendations on how to improve this podcast, please reach out to me. I sure would like to know. Thank you and God bless.